We were approached by a management company when we became a three-man group. We were approached by a management company out of Philadelphia. And they were intrigued with our story, um, trying to make sense of it all. Because like I said, our, our management, our record company really didn't know anything. Long story short, we ended up signing, signing with them. We got out of our old situation. We ended up signing with them. And um, the new marks kind of goes on. The lawyer that we had or that they had access to was a guy who was the lawyer for Philadelphia International Records. Okay. So he was used to dealing with crazy deals and et cetera. So we go and we sit down, we meet with this guy, Phil Asbury. And Phil's like, um, listen, it ain't over for that record with what y'all got going on. You know, because we, we just wrote it off. It's like, okay, they, they, they did what they did. They're doing what they're doing. It's whatever. Okay. Phil says, we're going to make this right. It's going to take some time, but we're going to make it right. Okay. And in the meantime, we're still doing what we're doing. We're still in the studio doing stuff. We're still on the road doing stuff. Um, about a year later, in 87, we get a call from Phil Asbury. All right, y'all need to come up here and have a meeting with me. So, man, we go to his house, and of course, you know, him being the dude that he is, his house is the bomb. I mean, laid out, baby, from top to bottom, just killer house. So we go in, we got this big old dinner. He sits at the table. He says, okay, here's what the deal is. You guys are now going to be getting your publishing for Girl, You Know It's True. We straightened it all out. Um, and you'll be getting your due. I said, okay. Um, not only that, we everything was corrected with our names being associated. They, you know, not as the new marks, but you know, Sean Spencer, Kevin Lyles, and you know, everybody who 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 wrote the record. All of that stuff was corrected. It was it all went out on the Arista, on the Arista label. We were all credited properly, everything done nicely. You know, we were able to buy houses and cars and that kind of thing. Um, you know, as 18, 19 year old cats. So you guys act like have money? (laughs) (laughs) Sporting gold chains, gold bracelets. Man. Yeah. I mean, you know, looking back at it, you know, hindsight being 2020, uh, there would have been some different things going on at the time. Maybe we didn't know. And uh, we just, we were just happy at least that they didn't steal it from. Me. We weren't happy about what it, what you know, what happened with them being where they and and he, and check this out. So so Millie Vanilli comes to town. Millie Vanilli came to Baltimore and performed at the place where I first did my gig, and uh, where I did the first gig in '82. So so everybody's asking me, "Oh, Spin, you want to go? Millie Vanilli's coming to town." I say, "No, I'm not going." <laughs> What do I want to go down there and, and, and do that for? Um, I said, okay, well, <sighs> you guys go. I'm not going. They went, and apparently it was a situation like they got backstage, and Millie Vanilli's Millie, Millie coming off the stage, and they're running, you know, the crowd, and, you know, they, they've got, you know, the bodyguards and all. So one of the guys goes up and says, hey, 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 where the new marks? Where the new marks? One of them turns around and says, oh, the new marks from, oh, from, from the girl you know is true. I am. That was it. And he whisked them away. 
<laughs> they whisked them away. I was like, well, I'm glad I didn't go. Bye. Yeah. Hi. See ya. Glad I didn't go. Oh, I'm um, glad to you too. You would have been angry. I know you. Were. Yeah, I would have been upset, I man. And it, it just, just more, just, just add more fuel to the fire. Um, but, um, like I said, that that whole situation, you know, with Phil, that worked out okay. We ended up being able to do some things. Um, then, then the the the, the next chapter. Yes. Uh, the next chapter is we 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 walk into a studio to record this song called "Do It Good." Um, we couldn't get a record label interested anywhere, so we created our own record label called Marx Brothers Records. And um, we record it. Uh, we do a hip-hop version, and we do a house version, courtesy of the Basement Boys. Because they... Now, here, here the Basement Boys over here doing some things that, like, what in the world is going on? They had just done Alternate. They, 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 you know, I think the sub-level record was out and they were working with this girl, Crystal Waters. So, okay. We do this record called Do It Good. They come up to Philly and remix the record. And Alternate is actually on it. And Do It Good was born. It was the first record that I ever did an MC job on. So Tony Humphreys uh, and several other people played the heck out of Do It Good played it and and nobody played our hip-hop version the hip-hop version did some stuff but it was all about that dance version that basement boys mix of do it good so i said okay something's got to change here i've been doing this hip-hop thing for a long time trying to do this new marks thing for a long time let me see what these guys got going on over here because they had a deal with warner they had a deal with mercury and they had a deal with mca all at the same time, right. all running. That. That, right? Teddy was hot. Teddy was a hot property in Jay. Yeah, man. Mm, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. The, the three of them dudes with that. I mean, they were just doing some amazing stuff. So I'm I'm curious, man. So I, I decide, okay, I'm gonna leave the hip hop thing alone. I'm gonna go see what these guys are doing. So I started doing some songwriting, like literal, like penning, writing. Um songs for Crystal, songs for Ultra. And um, lo and behold, I'm, I'm doing some freelance stuff at Basement Boys Productions while I'm in college and working at the record store. Um, did that for years, man. You know, so, man, watching them, watching them come up with Gypsy Porn was, was ridiculous. I, man, they, 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 they worked in this basement, um, in Jay's basement, and really at, at the corner of, you know, at, at, on a corner, man. And I remember going into the studio because at one point I had even toyed with wanting them to produce a solo rap album for me. I mean, I was I was in I was in this situation where I was trying to get into like a a, a Will Smith kind of a thing, and it didn't work out. But I I, I and I had the tracks approved. I'm, I'm gonna send it to you because I know you will get a laugh. You probably get like, man, you are crazy. Anyway, wait 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 um, wait wait. wait, wait. <laughs> People are saying, can you, can you break us down with like a couple of lines, what you would be saying in those days, like some of the slick lines that you would have had on, a, on the songs. <laughs> Drink your Dunkin' Donuts. This is what I'm talking about, everybody, at True House Stories. Now we're unearthing. Now we've got your favorite DJs. 
boy had a mic in his hand. He uh, only worked out. Love it. Red alert and Chuck would love you. <laughs> okay. But um I'm gonna ask you more questions, but go ahead, give me this. I want to ask you something else. Mm-hmm. Um Okay, you, you seriously want to hear this? Yes, you seriously oh, want to hear this? Oh, one they all saying, can he, can he, can he lay it down? He lays some science down for us. <sighs> You've heard over and over and over and over and over again about a brother better known as Spentacular with vivacious vernacular. Don't sound like me. You can't pattern your style after mine. Decline and find your own kind of step back as the spotlight shines on the S to the P, not the I, but the E. And full effect, my man, it's me again. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Lay it down. You heard that. Yo, you seriously, that is only for you. It, people have to know the kind of love that we got, man. Wait, that, I would never do that. Right and now. the 65,000 people that are tuned in watching this right now, live, coming out of Baltimore. Here's the question I have now that you're from the old school of hip hop. What's going on today when you listen to these young bucks? Like, what kind of rapping is that? Would you categorize it? Because how what I just heard sounded like Run DMC style, Curtis right. Blow, all that right. old school where the guy would grab the microphone and they would put a beatbox behind him and bam, you know, you had a uh, thing. Um, I, I think what's happening as, as far as the, the art of MCing, the art of MCing has turned more into uh, is is becoming more <sighs> melodic. So, so you're hearing, um, you're hearing kind of not necessarily just talk rapping. You're hearing song rapping, which is very interesting because it, you know it's almost like there's a certain type of a training that you need to have to be able to do some of the music that they're doing now. Whereas, man, some of these guys, man, like Chill Rob G, I listened to Chill Rob G the other day, um, who was, which, who has um, a, a, a similar story because he was the guy that did all of that, all of those lyrics and I got the power and, um, you know, dope void without substance of content. You need to slow your speed, stop. The, that, it was on this record, man, that was on wild pitch. And they sampled or, or, or was using for the bed of it um, um, Voices Inside My Head by the Police. And Chill Rob G killed that record. Next thing you know, here comes Snap with I Got the Power. And here's this guy sounding like this that's, that's on that record taking Chill Rob G's words and I got the power. It's getting, it's getting, it's getting, you know. And I was just like, wow, that sounds like the kind of same similar situation that we went through with Girl, You Know It's True. Um, you know, because I got the power was a huge, huge record. Yeah. Nobody knows Chill Rob G. I know that because it was the version on Wild Pitch, and then that yeah. next version is on Arista, which I call yeah. the modified version. <laughs> <laughs> See, I didn't want to go there. This but is I, show. You can do I'm it. I'm gonna tell you this. That's when they take the whiteified version, they whiten it out, and you go, mm-hmm. What happened to the funk? What happened yeah. to the record? So yeah. That's why I want yeah, so, to ask you because you know how to. He does know how to MC. So, but you're yes. MCing today. That does not sound like MCing. Today. No, no. But but you know, I mean, it, it's all about everything has to be in key. So you know, the the whole thing with the melodyne now. You know, making sure that everything is is, is you know fits within the parameters of the key. When wow. yeah. 
Wow. Yeah, and a lot of times, man, I mean, like, you know, me and Tommy Davis, right? And peace to my man, Tom. Tommy Davis. <laughs> yeah, Tommy. Man, Tom, Tommy will look at me and, and he says to me a lot. He's like, man, you over, you overdo the vocals sometimes on, on you know, you over process them trying to get them to sound a certain way. He's like, you know, Tommy come from the day of my, my lover. And, <laughs> and you know, those types of records where, a lot of times those records weren't in any kind of key. It was just all about the vibe. And, and, and he blames me because he's like, man, now I have to listen to everything. You know, everything has to be kind of kind of straight and, and, and regimented. On a 440 sound. He's got, in other words, when he's talking about harmonizing, he's taking stuff, he's putting the whole acapella and he's making sure chromatically that it is nowhere else off pitch at all but right. to say something what happens sometimes is, is that you lose some of the essence of the vocal what you do you lose some dynamic a lot the of dynamic it. in the essence that funkiness sometimes when you over yeah. i try not to go too far to the right with that i try to kind of yeah keep it yeah but then but then but then you know then, then you get the real musicians that will criticize you i don't care <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I'm classically trained. You don't think I hear it? Dumbass. I hear it. Hey, mind your business. So, yeah. Mind your business. Play the record. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I, I try to do it as tastefully as possible. Go back to Teddy's basement and Jay, mm -hmm. and you are now all starting to, you're, you're trying to figure out how you are cementing yourself in their situation. Now, you need to get up in yeah. So what's going on there? What year is mm -hmm. this? 88? 89. 89. I, I started working with them in 89. Um, straight through to man, I from from doing songwriting, I went into doing some pre-production work with them. Um, you know, learned how to run an ASR. ASR Tim was my first keyboard, man. So I I learned how to run that and uh um, you know, the SP 1200 and all of that kind of stuff. Because in, in the new marks, I really wasn't um, uh, like, you know, the, the drum machine or, you know, keyboard type of guy. I, I was all about the DJing period. So, you know, walking into the basement boys, you know, I really wanted to learn how to write and compose. And these were the tools that I was using to help do that. Um, and then, uh, you know, from, from having these plethora of hits, man, like, like I said, I, I walked in the basement and heard gypsy woman raw. And I, I just remember walking into the basement like, that is a hit. I don't know what that is, but whatever that is, it's a hit. Because <laughs> I've never heard anything like it. Um, next thing I knew, man, I, I, I took it on a cassette. They gave me a cassette copy. And everywhere I went to DJ, I had to carry a cassette deck with me that had a pitch control because I couldn't do a gig without playing <laughs> Gypsy Woman. That was a hot um, record. I remember when we all got yeah. that. That was crazy. It was. It was. It was just. It was just bonkers. And that, that set the stage and the trajectory for Basin Voices to go from here to there. It it it, it was literally nuts. God bless them. Nuts. We'll have Teddy on the show too later on in the year. You oh, know? I'm sure you will. He I'm, and and the two of y'all on this show. I will, I'm gonna probably be glued to it watching that. Because <laughs> that's gonna. That is going to be insane. Teddy's Teddy's Teddy is a character as well, like I am. Yes, he I'm is. Not yes, he is. And the two of y'all, I don't know whether the world be ready for it. I'll <laughs> <laughs> be honest with you. <laughs> did you guys realize? Did you realize 
what was to come from that point of, of around that time because of how important this house music thing was kind of like, mm. I think at that time they knew it. Um, I, I think that uh, Tommy, Teddy and Jay, they, they, they knew they were on the something um, because they were constantly, constantly working. Um, you know, they were able to buy a facility that had, you know, two rooms, an A and a B room. And I was blessed to be able to work in that B room for years. I mean, from about 91 until about uh, until 95, man. I mean, all we were doing, man, we were just pumping out stuff, you know, and um, which led to the next piece of my chapter was <laughs> Teddy and Jay had left the studio. And had gone somewhere. I think we went to England. And I had a weekend, Lenny, in that studio with a boy that looked kind of like that thing you got in the back of you I right now. Console. Yeah, SSL. Yeah, I know. Yeah. One. And um, man, I said, okay, I'm going to do a record that weekend. I had it set up in my mind. I was going to do it. I had planned on what it was going to be and how it was going to be. So um, came up with the beats, came up with the kind of idea. I had uh, who uh, uh, Fruity, who is uh, Randy Roberts, um, had him come in and help me orchestrate it. Man, I had everybody from everybody who who sang with him and DJ OG and a couple of people. Man, we came in and they were my backing vocalists for this record that I was working on called The Feeling. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, I forgot about that. Oh, God, I'm, I'm part of that. Yeah, so 1995, the first actual production that I felt that I could pull off with all of the knowledge that I created or, or had accumulated over the past four years, um, we came up with a feeling, man, in one weekend. Um. And I guess, you know, that was the second record on Basement Boys Records. The first record was by Maurice Fulton called um, Kong, which is by Sticky People. And and a feeling was Basement Boys 002. Second record on... That's right. And then Azuli Records picked it up for England. Yeah. Azuli picked it up. and That's when I was called in to remix it. Yes, you were. Ah. Like yesterday. (laughs) My God. Oh, my God. Ah, yes, sir. Dave Petroni calls me, everyone, the owner of Azuli Records, and says, yo, I got this, I got this hot record from, from Teddy and Basin Boys crew. I'm like, mm. he says, you need to hear it. He sent it to me. He plays over the phone. That's it. He plays over the phone. What do you think? Mm. I said, what do I think? Yo, that's a, that's a banger, bro. I remember saying, holy smoke. Yo, you want a remix? I said, hell yeah. Hell yeah. I remember taking the vocals and put it because we just was we just got technology. I remember this uh-huh. where I had two tracks of audio with my sequence and I had a tape machine. So I remember just mm-hmm. taking the whole vocal and putting it in and it locked right up. And I went, wow, I don't have to cut them up. Oh, my God. Just nope. all of it. What a what a great record. Yeah, man. Big what a killer mix. You did, yo, you did a you did a killer mix. Killer. Just killer. Big, thank you. And um it, it just, you know, it, it just grew wings. It just it literally it, it just it grew it wings. Huge record for you, bro. Yeah. 
Yeah. That was like one of the first record in the club scene, club scene that worldwide I remember everybody went crazy for. Yeah. It was them were killing it in New York at Sound Factory Bar. And I did the remix mm. and England was starting to play the record. It was nuts. Yeah. Jasper so that Street that was that was that. That Jasper Street where's Company, Jasper the first Street? Jasper Street Company. So where's Jasper Street the name come from? Jasper Street was the name of the street that the studio, when they moved from Jay's basement and they moved into a studio, Jasper Street was the actual name of the studio where of, of the street <laughs> where the studio was located. Wow. So that was very, very easy. The the hard part was trying to figure out what we were going to do, man. I, I we were we came up with everything, Jasper Street chorus, the Jasper Street choir, Jasper Street, all kind of stuff. And you know, all of a sudden here comes Teddy with his little company. We're calling the company. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> but now why did you not call it Spend Inc. or something at that time? Well, um at the time, I I think. Lenny, I had gotten so used to working in the background, but when the whole thing with the new Mars kind of fell apart and there were so many things, man, you know, like, you know, wanting to be in the DJ, you know, like the, the, the DMC DJ contest just didn't happen because my managers forgot to fill out paperwork. I mean, all kind of crazy stuff. So uh, yeah, that, that's a whole nother story. You know, face everybody? Yo, man. What is up? Man, I was supposed to be... What? I was supposed to be in that DMC contest in 89. I got called Tony and, and get you back in there. Tony oh, no, you don't. <laughs> I'm not, nah, man. I'm... I'm sure. <laughs> right. Anyway, did they uh, anyway. after you? No, dude. I had... Listen, so like I said, we had these... We had this management company that was in... That was in Philly. And two of them, two of them, one worked at Arista... And I want to say one worked at Atlanta, at Atlantic. So they would, I mean, so, I mean, it was a very, very well-connected uh, management company. But they would say, yeah, man, we're going to get you in. You, you practicing? They would call you. You practicing? You getting your stuff together? All right, man, we're going to get you on. We're going to get you on. And the contest came and went. And I was like, dude, what happened there? Uh, we forgot. Like, really? Okay. Is this so there was that. Is this agency called WAC Management? Like, what's it wrong? was called. It, 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 <laughs> and I think they're still in operation. That's Exclusive what management. What they are, but I'm just saying. <laughs> like WAC Management because they really are WAC. Dude, it was, it, it was, I mean, talk about, and that's why I was saying, man, it was just so many things with reference to doing that whole hip hop thing where I, I, I just been let down by so many different things. And, you know, I it started it. with Millie Vanilli and it just, just, so I just pushed but the hip hop thing off to the side. But, but the rainbow stories with the Millie Vanilli, at least that lawyer made it right. He to, did. To get you guys what you would He did. He did. He did. But man, you know, lightning never struck twice. It was like, okay, so we wrote this record for Millie Vanilli, man. We wrote several songs, several songs, and tried to get them placed. Nobody ever bit. And we were so obsessed. So check it, man. At one point, at one point, we uh <laughs> And, and we were still five. We were still five men at this time. At one point, we were so destroyed about it. We did this song called "Girl, It Ain't True No More," and we was on some NWA jazz when we did that record. It's that. It's just ugh. we were going militant style. Militant. Oh rap. yeah, it was. Yo, it was. It, it, it was yeah, angry rap. I'm not rapping that. No. 
Now you ask you, <laughs> I'm just saying it's militant, meaning angry and dark. And yeah, hard. like, yeah. I mean, NWA and yeah, all them dudes were around at that time. They, they, and, and I mean, they were taking over. So, you know, yeah, if you were doing, you know, hip hop, especially then, you know, you couldn't do the same kind of thing that you were doing, you know, when LL and them was out, you had to kind of change with the times. And we were never really those guys. So, you know, I mean, it didn't last. It just didn't last. We, we, you know, it, it was, it was out of our lane. Right. Cause you guys are like disco rap guys in a sense. I don't mean disco, but I mean yeah. like cool funky jams on the like, not yeah. like Funkadelic, not just knee deep. You'd have the bass on playing and then you do your thing, like the traditional hip hop style. Right. So to hear that party, what they would call party rap to go into militant. I, I don't give a shit about the system. Yep. Angry. That's exactly. That's exactly. That's exactly what it was. Well, that's the problem. I can't. But understand, man, in 89, in 89, that's what was happening. I mean, this stuff, man, out of, you know, the the southern stuff was happening. But these cats called N.W.A., they 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 just they just took over. They took over. You couldn't hear none of that stuff on the radio at all. But boy, on the street level, forget about it. All over the place. Them public enemy. They made those Raiders jackets so famous, more than the actual L.A. Raiders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just from them wearing their gear. Out yeah, man. Yeah. So, so, so that, so that's all. You know, I, I, it was a lot of stuff, man. It just happened, and you know, I, I just said, man, it's 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 time for me to sort of move on, and, and that's the whole thing. So, I found this love for dance music, and uh, boy, walking into I think it, it was Zanzibar was my first like real kind of club experience outside of Odell's here. Now I, I, I'd done Odell's and played Odell's here, but it was still, you know, sort of a Baltimore thing. When I walked into Zanzibar, man, and, and all of those people were in there, I think it was the last night Humphreys was playing and that dang on floor when the bass, it was boosh, boosh, boosh. I was like, uh, this floor is about to cave in. I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this, this is some scary jazz. Floyd never came in, man. He, and actually ended up having a time of one of the times of my life in there, man, listening to Humphreys that night. It was phenomenal. So from that point now, since you found this new joy of dance music, I know you were getting ready to travel abroad. It didn't happen too much longer. You were. No. Okay, that's when I met you across the ocean. Mm-hmm. Yep. That- so that, that was 95. I think the first Italian music conference uh, that I went to where I met you. Unless I met you at Winter Music Conference that year. I'm, I'm not sure. But it's but w- that's... I met WMC or I know I met you one before or after. I know it was... Yeah. I, you guys. I knew Teddy a long time already by that point. Yeah. And, but uh, I didn't know. See, we knew about <laughs> Teddy because Teddy would come to New York all the time. We talk about Teddy Douglas and Basic Boys. He would come mm. to New York and hang out and you would see him around. But we didn't see you guys yet till you guys travel with him abroad. And then it was like a big family. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. That, that first, I didn't know what to make of it. Honestly. Um, that, that whole Italian music uh, conference and being on the bus with you guys and just like, because I think that first year, man, I'm, I'm just sitting there like trying to take it all in. I'm like, these cats are nuts. <laughs> like literally crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. It's a yeah, 
it, 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 it was crazy. Some of the things, man, that happened on that bus, but it was, I, I, I kind of wish that there was something going on like that. Um, that really brought so many of us together as producers, as songwriters, as singers, I, it, nothing like it, nothing at all. And, you know, getting to know you um, and and work with you, you know, in several different aspects, you know, I mean, from DJing and nightclubs and stuff, you know, like learning how to do it. Because, I mean, even though I had been DJing for, I've been DJing since I was 13, but there's a complete difference between DJing for any other crowd, really, than being a, a DJ in a club or a, a festival. But but DJing in the club, man, that stuff, man, I learned from you, from Teddy, from Tony, and just, you know, just really sort I, of... Um, that, bro, I didn't know that. I just saw you guys on the sidelines dancing and going crazy. I'm not thinking you're learning anything. Nah, dude, you, you were... You had a knack for really being tight. You were very, very tight and technical. Teddy, 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 I love because Teddy just, Teddy just, he is into it. And when he's into it, man, it's like, that's when the magic happens. But he's more of a DJ that's worried about, okay, the programming is what's more important to him. Your tech level and what you were playing within what you were doing was really, really good. It was good. So yeah, man, you're one of the people I took a lot from <laughs> back then, especially because I mean, we would be on the road and I would watch you DJ and I would watch people like, okay, this cat Lenny. All right. <laughs> I'm studying you like I was studying. <laughs> well, you know, until people met me years later, they all thought I was black from all the music I made. I loved it. They used to cool. say, hey, black. I'm like, no, <laughs> I was sure. throwing my head like this because I have a knack to play. I love black dance music. People who know right. me, and it's well. Imagine, imagine, imagine me walking into Yellow uh, Yellow Productions in in France for the first time, meeting Bob Sinclair. I know, right? Chris. Right. Yeah. So I right. So I, I sat. I, I sat there and I was talking to um Dag. I can't remember his the guy that used to be with him all the time. He was one of my best friends doing this, but I can't remember his name right now. And he, in, in walks Chris. Chris looks at me and he says, and he just looks. He doesn't say anything. He just looks. And he keeps looking. And he keeps looking. And, and to a point that I just turned around and say, dude, what's up? <laughs> he looks at me. He says, you're black. I said, yeah. And? <laughs> and what? I and said, yeah. I think, I think that he was surprised, I guess, from the music that I was making. Um, he he truly had no idea. I guess he imagined me being white or Latino or something. I don't know. Hang on he, a he, second. We're like, with a he looked at me and said, dude, no, dude you, you're, you're making gospel records. And I mean, these are R&B to me, fluence, black records I've heard. And Dan, right. Come on now. Uh, mm -hmm. Is that like, I don't even know if I had done Crazy Midnight at that. Maybe the Millie Vanilli thing maybe got him all screwed up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because everybody Absolutely. thought Frank, the German guy, was the yeah. guy that wrote the record. They didn't think 
They didn't know the story about you and the writing and the, and covering the record. Nobody knew no. that. I knew no. that because you told me yep. to it all down for all of us. But most people had no idea. All they Ooh. knew about was the, the thing skipping, the seat, the playback thing. And yeah. Pulling them out and saying, oh, yeah, you think you're bigger than the music? Guess what? Now I tell them the truth, who the real singers are. Yeah, man. And I did talk about something that was really wild. That was wild. Like, you know, watching the Grammy getting taken from them and, and, you know, finding out that they weren't the ones that actually sang it. I mean, just, you know, it, it, was, it was almost like just, you know, rubbing, rub more salt in the wound. Yeah, yeah like, just, just really destroy it. Like, yeah. 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 yeah, stab <laughs> him again. You got down. Stab him again. Yeah. Give him more. So we get to the 90s and to the 2000s and, you know, you're starting to now, you know, you're getting your own at this point. You're, you've now created your legacy basically now. And, mm-hmm. you know, you break away, I guess, eventually from Teddy and create, because I know Teddy's yeah. kind of right. He yeah. To break. Yeah. It, it was, um, it, it was growing pains. I think, I mean, at, at, you know, we did the, that last Jasper street company album. And then, um, yeah, man, it, it was time that I just had to make a go of it on my own and um, ended up doing Code Red recordings. That's right. Oh, I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. Another yeah. good so we, Code Red, yes. Yeah, yeah. So we ended up doing Code Red um, with a guy named Gary Dean. Um, and, uh, you know, he had a studio situation and it was it, it was crazy because it was almost like I think a year may have gone by before I was actually doing any kind of production work. And then um, I went into that situation and man, lo and behold, we started making some music. And I think the first thing that we did out of that was probably the best I can, which is probably the first Code Red record. And then from the best I can, we went right into Gabrielle. Um, which actually was the brainchild of a guy from here named DJ Technique, another really good hip-hop guy uh, from here that, you know, started doing the house and dance music, actually doing more so Baltimore club music. But he came up with this track, and um, we kind of took it and worked on it and embellished on it, and, you know, there you go. And then Gabrielle was born. Um, And then from Gabrielle into The Way You Love Me, and uh, well, that's right, the motherfunkers. Yeah, they, right. Motherfunkers was was the production company out of that. Cover him. Um, I can't think of his name right now. The singer, Mark Evans. Yes, Mark, another great Mark singer. Evans. It's not like to me, it's not like to me like a Philly international guy. Yeah, man. Mark had been doing everything around here, from weddings to you know shows and and that kind of thing. So he always he he's always been around. Um and man, I mean, I've always wanted to work with him, you know, up, up until that point. So I came up with kind of like the, the hook for this track um, and wrote it with him in mind to come in and, and finish it off. So, and, and that's exactly what happened. He came in, man, it was a first take record. Um, but, but, you know, it's one of those first take records like, oh man, yeah, he, he can do better. Have him come back in. You know, kind of like what they did with car wash. You know, they came in and they did a car wash a hundred times and then come back all of a sudden just use the first one. <laughs> you know, it's the first, it's that first take. That, and it happens to everybody. Yeah. 
So, man, we we did it and did it and did it. And then I went, I, I just kept going back to the first and I'm like, man, this is the one. And um, then we started getting calls from Dunmore. And next thing you know, Code Red is distributed by Defected. And there you go. It's the start of that. So that was 2002, 2003. And I remember That's then the I remember Code Red. a ton of stuff for him at that time. You were doing a lot of stuff. Yeah, we were doing, yeah, we were, we were heavily involved. And the, head, let's put it like this: you had a hand in the, in the game in there. Yeah, we would. Yeah, but but that was pretty much not truly my own thing because I did have a partner at the time. Um, and um, you know, again, I was just really more so concerned with trying to be creative. Um, and he was doing most of the business stuff. Um, and man, we ran that for we ran that until two thousand and. 12, I think. Yeah. Ran that into 2012. And then we start quantize. Right. January, February, January, February of 12. <laughs> and uh, with our first record, another Mark Evans record, which was called Until You. Um, and, you know, we, we were the motherfunkers at the time, but we got into some technical things. So we, we ended up dropping motherfunkers as a production and a, and an artist name. And and moved into where we are now, pretty much where we've been. So, what's the philosophy now with Quantize? Because now we're working all digital, hundred percent digital. Mm -hmm. and see that you guys churn out a lot of material every month. What's the what was yeah. the, when the beginning when you started this in twenty twelve was basically a lot of the end of the vinyl era. Yep. Um. Yeah, man. Um. Basically, all we really wanted to do at that point was to make one good record a month. That's what we wanted to do. We wanted to make one good record a month and and keep going. But of course, you know, I mean, we, we ran into problems, all kind of problems, man. I mean, like the third record we had was contested by one of the artists and ended up having to be pulled down. And, you know, we never went back to it. But uh, oddly enough, um, it ends up getting picked up again by somebody else. The record actually came out, but it didn't come out on Quantize because it was like, man, I, I don't want the headache of this. If we just starting out, we're not even going to go there. If the guy wants the record down, we pull the record down, it's done. Um, but in general, man, that's all we wanted to do. We wanted to do one good record a month, and um, you know, which was kind of tough. The whole reason we started on Quantize was because you know, quant you know, people, this pigeonhole thing is serious. This genre thing is very, 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 it, it, very serious. So it's like, okay, they know us for uplifting anthemic singing house tracks. You know, we can't get into doing tracky stuff, like real serious underground stuff, you know, and which we figured wouldn't really work on Quantize given the trajectory of what of you know where we were going so we started unquantized to do a little bit more kind of experimental you know afro house-ish electro house-ish deep house-ish just you know which we just we just do whatever we feel like doing on that label where quantized is really about developing artists um developing artists developing songs um and that's the main difference between the two so here we are now, you know, someone's up and coming. Are you checking all demos coming in? 
Are you? Because <laughs> I know you got a demo show. I saw this you and your wife. I was like, Ooh. on Tuesdays, I think he's running a demo. Yeah, it's like it's, yeah. Is it every called, other Tuesday? Uh, what's it called? The demo show. Talent Tuesdays. All right. So what Talent Tuesdays. Talent Tuesdays. Then. Talent Tuesdays is where we literally go through the demos process and let people see it. Um. Um. But. It, Hang on. Yes, I know that it's. I know it's not all. I, I'm being corrected as I'm going. Okay. We have to bring somebody else in. Uh, she just, she just go. I think she knew that that was going to happen, and she said what she said. Right <laughs> I don't know. We'll see if I can get her to come in. But um, long story short, um, we don't do we don't do every single demo that we get on that show. Um, we, we put out, okay, listen, we're going to do a show. Um, if you would like for your demo to be, to, to be judged by the masses, not just us, let us know. So those are the particular records that you hear on Talent Tuesdays, not just every single thing that comes in. I mean, man, first of all, we get so many demos. I mean, at one point, man, we had so many demos, Lenny, that I... I think we were backed up with like 200 just <laughs> demos, right? I love and it. the demos. What are you going to do? You're like, dude, what? I'm saying I have missed. We, we have, we have missed just because, you know, with, with traveling and everything, you know, non-pandemic traveling and moving around, man, we missed a lot of stuff. We missed a, we, we missed some stuff, man, that I'm mad that we missed, but, um, you know, just couldn't get to in time. But we've since really started to focus in and we've got a lot of help, man, with uh, with our crew um, helping us to go through the demos process. Candace, Candace McKenzie is our A&R. Oh, and, um, Candace, where are you girls? Say goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we got, we got Candace and... Uh, Mike Freak helps us a lot with the with the demos process. Tommy, of course, um, Kelly, of course, and um, so you know we're able to get through this onslaught of demos in a in a much better fashion than we were doing probably in our first five years, man. When it was just literally kind of me and Tommy, we, <laughs> we were like, hang on. Tell us the process to get you and Tommy. So what's going on? You guys are getting emails and emails. What's you paying attention? What happened? Come on. Man. Well, well, here's, here's the truth of it. We would, we would be getting demos in our demos box, but then we would get a record from, I don't know, Jihad Muhammad or a record from Timmy Regisford. Or, you know, at the same time, we're getting records from people that we know and that we know are going to be salesworthy. So those are the records we tended to concentrate on. You know, if a record came from Byron Stingley or Kenny Bobian or somebody like that, and, you know, the, the, the new artists in our mind, you know, we have to get to it when we can get to it. We have to, you know, there's a certain priority of things. And, it, man, it was, just, it was just crazy. We just couldn't get through it all. You can't, fulfill, and, you can't fulfill the demand. It's too much. Yeah, you just we, we, we just couldn't do it. We, we couldn't do it. So, God, I mean, man, I prayed for help. I prayed oh, for it. Can you explain now, as a label owner, I mean, this is really important because there's a lot of people like would die to be on your label. Let, but let's be honest. Let's talk about the A&R side and how important it is to have the following, the social media for someone like yourself to see this. 
social media. How important is that with listening to the song? Like you hear the song is one part. What's the next part for you guys when you're looking at the package of signing a record? Well, that a lot of that really is what Kelly kind of brought to the table. When when Kelly started working with us, that's when these things really started to kind of take shape. So Tommy and I all about the music, all about, okay, this is this is dope, this is dope, this, this, and that, and the other thing. Okay, the Facebook promotion, the you know, who who you know what what's the who is the artist? Does the artist have pictures? Because here's the here's the other thing you gotta know, Lenny. The first 100 records on Quantize never had an artist picture on the cover. I always use these kind of cartoon versions, so sort of black versions of or multicultural versions of pretty girls, bottom line, right? Doing something different, kind kind of doing what Head Candy was kind of doing, but our That's version of an Afrocentric way, more exactly, right? More kind of soulful stuff that represented more of the music that we were doing. But man, I always get flack uh, from the artists. Like, okay, well, can I have my picture on it? Or you know, can I'm like, no, no, and, and, no. And, and, <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, no, it's not. no, okay, hey, no. The problem was, especially coming out of Code Red now, now you have to understand, I, I came out of another situation where you would go and we would ask artists for pictures and uh, they would never have them. They no, just wouldn't they, have them. Excuse me, they have pictures. They send you a Polaroid. What the hell is supposed to do a Polaroid? I'm not even going to say a Polaroid, man. Most of, the, most of the people just didn't have them. That's right. Oh, I didn't okay. have so, 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 yeah, now, I mean, yeah, now, you know, we're, we're a little bit more, you know, everything's a little bit more social media friendly now. So everyone has pictures, but most people now just don't have professional, high quality pictures enough that, you know, to use. So, you know, a part of our demos process now, and like I said, we owe a lot of this to Kelly and her way of thinking is that, okay, uh, you know, the, the song has to have this. We need the we need the credits. Okay, the song is good, but where are the credits? Okay, the song is good, but where are the lyrics? The song is good. Where's the artist's picture? Wh who, what what social media presence does the artist have? What's all of this other? So now all of a sudden it starts coming um, right down to every song has to be signed properly. Every remix has to be has has to have paperwork. I mean, just things that that Tommy and I, because we were operating, how we were operating, just were like, oh, okay, Byron is my boy. We putting that record out. And that record is dope. We gonna put that record out above and beyond anything else we had, you know? And that's just, you know, what was going on. And then, you know, slowly but surely, we started to develop a business model for every single record that comes in. So even if you're sending us a demo now, it's going to go through a process. And if it if it if any part of that that process uh meets a failure, <laughs> it won't go. Sounds it won't go. Line, it sounds like you guys went very corporate in your older age. Yeah. And again, man, uh, Kelly, Kelly's expertise on all of that is you don't awesome. have the time nor the ability to, to, to hold everyone's hand. You just don't have it. No, we can't. We, we, we can't. And, and like I said, at, at one point, man, 
we could and would do it, but where we are now is a completely different space. And, and we just, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, you would think that with the pandemic, Lenny, that we would have more time, we had less. It's ridiculous. This, what are you this doing? whole thing. We're all stuck home. What the hell are you doing different than I am? Tell everybody what your day is like. Because I've been telling everybody I'm crazy busy too. Okay. Why are you busy? Yeah. Tell us why. The reason that we're busy is because I, I wake up in the morning, say a typical, a, a typical Monday morning is wake up, um, start figuring out what the record is going to be for two weeks out. Okay, because you, we're usually two to four weeks out from whatever record we're doing. So we wake up Monday morning and we're working on, okay, well, we've got a quantized record and an unquantized record. And lo and behold, if we have something from Real Soul or something from Mark Francis with, you know, with their own labels, um, you know, we have to look at those too. So depending on what that is, we, we wake up in the morning. We figure out what it is and then we start the process. Okay, does this need a remix or does this need uh, uh, an edit or does that need? Okay, will that will will these two records make it to being released in the two or four weeks wherever we are? We make that projection on Monday morning and we start working. So I'll start working on the production side. Kelly will start working out, finalizing, making sure we have every single thing that we need from the, the final contract to the, uh, you know, the, all of the final mixes to making sure I have all the parts so that when we start working, we don't have to keep going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So usually that's what we kind of start doing on a Monday. On a Tuesday, we record meeting. We, we meet and we talk about new things that come in. Um, so, you know, we, we talk for a good couple of hours about that, um, working through what the demos are. You know, we do it now, you know, online and, and people can see, you know, that's, that's a part of what we're doing. So usually that's Tuesday. But also involved in that now is the video aspect of it. Now, all of a sudden... You know, I've got to make sure that the broadcast is good. I've got to make sure that the cameras are good. I've got to make sure that, you know, what we're using um, as a platform is is working properly. I've got to make sure computers are defragmented and, and, and cleaned and, and ready to go. You know, so that's a whole other side of it. But that that also happens on Tuesdays, Wednesdays. Um, is usually, you know, get up and go to work trying to finalize and figure all of that out, et cetera, so on, um, as well as Thursdays. Now, Thursdays can also get into doing more broadcast and stuff. So, you know, it's about getting up in the morning, making sure that you get with all of the production that you have to get done, lay it all out, and fix all of that. That usually takes a few hours. And then going into doing whatever we're doing as far as broadcasting and streaming that afternoon. Same thing with Friday. Saturday, we try to take off, but I don't know. Uh, usually doesn't happen. I mean, this this past Saturday, we were working all day. <laughs> trying to put everything together. Sunday's pandemic praise. So that's up at, you know, five or six, getting ready to make sure everything is straight for a show that happens at 10 o'clock. This morning, I, I, I literally... Uh, blew a speaker of mine because a cord came out of my mixer. So everyone, and please send please send a a, a, a PayPal fund <laughs> to DJ Spend for his new speakers, everyone, because oh. he burned out his Radio Shack Optimus Prime speakers, and he has his. Mm, like, hey, and and I had right anymore. So 
I have to go to eBay to try and find that. And I mean, I'm I was so distraught. It like threw everything off because it was like 20 minutes before everything started. I had everything straight. Everything was together. 20 minutes, that happens. Now I have to figure out why it happened, figuring out why it happened. You know, I mean, ran over, but we got on the air and we did everything. Everything went, went, uh, went absolutely fine. Um, but, you know, it's, it's like, and, 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 and let's not forget, that's the business side. The personal side, right? Where, what time we have for that? Okay, I don't hear. Right. Yeah, wait. Okay, what that, that? that's just the business side. Okay, from the personal level, we have a daughter that has to be up and ready for school by. We, we have her up at eight. She's online at nine, and she's going through online school from nine until two or three in the afternoon. So, you know, I mean, with with the help that we have from my son, um, you know, we, we kind of take our turns doing what we have to do with her, but he, you know, all of that's going on at the so same it's like, time. It's like this, Candace, hang on one second. I got to run <laughs> to my daughter's teacher. Wait, wait, just wait one second. Right. Like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's worse. The people that work, the people that work with us know, you know, I mean, at any time, I will be, I mean, I'm doing Zoom meetings, man, like with the phone in my hand. I'll be in the car, running around, up the steps, down the steps. I mean, it's, 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 it's crazy. And, and the, then. Yeah, what, what happened when you were traveling? It was like, then you were traveling to it one time. Well, I mean, you know, she was in school when I was traveling. So there would be, <laughs> that would be Kelly that would be doing all of that when I'm not home. That's right. And 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 she holds down a nine to five every day. So she doesn't do this is not I'm saying, man, it is it's it real. is literally nuts around here. I don't even know that, you know, once talking to you about it is one thing. Because I mean, I, I just wake up and I just kind of do it. But as I'm talking to you, I'm, I'm like, you're going, wow, what? <laughs> <laughs> when? What time do you sleep? How many hours do you sleep? Because you didn't even tell us about production. Yeah. You didn't even say that you went in the studio to do a touch of keyboard. Mm -hmm. Nothing. No, nah, I mean, That's man, I mean, one DJ. The one, the well, <sighs> a lot of what we've been doing, even since. Since I left Code Red, Code Red was the last actual studio setup that I worked in. Um, man, I bought myself a, a killer laptop, and I've been working on the same laptop that I bought in 2012, which is my studio, technically. Um, it, now, we have studios that we go to where, you know, we record vocals and we record um, keyboards and that kind of thing. Um, but in general, man, I'm working on this laptop and have been doing so for the past eight years. I need a new one, I think, but this thing is still running. So I'm, I'm running it in the hole, but it, you know, I, I like this laptop because I can travel around the world with it. You know, I have my studio going to, you know, especially if I'm somewhere for more than, you know, two or three days, I just sit there, get it set and, you know, go to work and, uh, nothing, nothing better to listen to a demo than you going out and playing it on a super duper sound system somewhere. And man, that, you know, that that's kind of the monitors, but everything else is, is, you know, pretty much done headphones and that kind of thing. And, um, 
Yeah. And I know a lot of people probably like, what? Really? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Working like a like a banshee with his little little laptop in 2012. <laughs> So the whole album now that we're up to, of course, the album's released, it dropped. Oh, boy. album. Yeah. A lot of the cuts. I see you've also collaborated with David Morales and some really great things on there. Tell us the concept of this album. And the reason why I held back Spen's Spen's interviews was I wanted the album available for all of you to support this album, go out and get it. But he's going to tell you why he has this album out and what came to make this happen. Uh-oh, wait a minute. I've got a low battery. Oh, just left. Wait a second. Here we go. Yep, I've got a low battery. But 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 I'm still here. Anyway, um, so um I haven't done an album since 2014 was the last album I, I did. Not that album was transition. And um, you know, doing albums, I mean, as you know, are pretty difficult um to to just do. Um, and I've had a couple of the songs, man, have been, um, one second, Lenny, let me see if I can still, hold on, I, I gotta plug this thing in so I don't lose you, and then we start looking, can you hear me still? All right. Yes, sir. So, yes, sir. All right, good. So, um, a couple of the songs I've been working on since Basement Boys, one is You Are My Friend, and I haven't, um, I've been trying to find the right person and I've had several vocalists make an attempt to do this record, never to have it be done to a point where I was satisfied. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I did it, I did it a few times at Basin Voice, attempted it at Code Red, never happened um, in general. Um, the Fonda Ray track, we actually started that back at Code Red, but could never finish it. Um, so, uh, so in general, a couple of the ideas came from some things that I just really wanted to kind of get done, but never really had like the, the, uh, I don't know, man, or, or I guess never the, the thought process never really occurred to do these as singles, maybe save them for a situation where you can do a, a, album that will make sense to have these projects on um another one is mr melody mr melody is something i've been wanting to do for years for a long long time um and i wanted to do mr melody even before i met sheila ford and man you know sheila ford is just she's just amazing with her and talk about classically trained she's trained man i mean trained from top to bottom and knows what she's doing, man. So if you want somebody that can Ella Fitzgerald you from up the street to down the street to around the corner, she will kill you. And um, so I couldn't think of anybody else uh, better to do Mr. Melody. And when I met her and we kind of came to a thought process of really trying to do that record one day, I said, okay, cool. Well, we're going to, we're going to do that. And I thought that this album would be a good place for it. So soulful storm is really a, uh, a really a coming together of different types of sounds of soulful dance music. Everything is danceable, but you know, the difference between the Fonda Ray track 
and say something like going home to see my savior are worlds, worlds apart. They're very, very different, but still considered to be in the realm of soulful dance music. You know, one is blues based. One is very heavily R and B based. Um, you know, one is raw. One is as pretty as you're going to kind of get, you know, with, you know, with, as far as a dance track is concerned. And I think every single solitary track on, on soulful storm is a, is, is a soulful dance record. And from hard to soft. So that's why it's a soulful storm. It's a collage of many different elements of soulful dance music. The question that, you know, a lot of us ask is because of the streaming and track source and all the digital distribution of how things work, are you finding that people are cherry picking songs or are they buying the whole album? It's a singles based market. Bottom line, um, doing doing albums in a single space market is <laughs> people will tell you don't do it. I mean, I've, I've had I've had people say don't do it. Um, artists that said I don't want to do it. Um, and I think that it's it's the it's the exact opposite for me doing a body of work that represents who you are or not even who you, that represents something, right? I think this is why compilations tend to do well. Usually, you know, a, a good compilation will have songs on it that are related somehow, that somehow tell a story. I think people long to hear that. They long to know the story behind something the true house story behind right. you, you you understand what i'm saying sure. so 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 i mean we've done some tommy's album which i think is it, it was is a great album took him a long time to pull it together but i mean his album is is a good reflection of exactly that you know kind of like you know tracks that we've done over a while plus some new things we put it all together and it's now anybody of work. Um, and I, I think that, you know, no matter how many times you go and surf something or you, you go and check out an artist on Spotify or something. Okay. Wow. I really like that song. Right. The, the, the one thing that's going to happen is that a person, a natural reaction to that would be, well, what else does the person have? And if it's them, it's readily, readily available. Now you've made another sale. Whether it's one song or two songs, or maybe, you know, maybe they just want to check it out and maybe they won't like anything else on it. But now you've given them a easy way to access right. you as a person, your ideas, your 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 um your creativeness easily accept easily accessible um, for people to look into and figure out who you are mm -hmm. as a creative being. So I, I think that albums are important. I had the conversation with Kenny Dope and Kenny Dope, Kenny Dope, man, he said, one day, man, he just said to me, yo, you need to do some albums. <laughs> you need to do some albums, man. I was like, okay. And I wasn't really even thinking about doing did you ask an album. Him, did you say, why? You just said, um, 
Yeah, he, he did. He said, man, well, not really. You know, Ken, Kenny, Kenny is Kenny. Yeah, man, you know, these albums, nobody's up, nobody's doing them, man. They, they, they're going to be really, really important. You know, man, dude, just just think about doing some albums. And I think he's right. You know, no, a lot of people aren't doing them. It makes it makes it a perfect time to do them because no one else. A lot of people just aren't paying attention to it. It's not easy. No, it's that which is which is the other thing. It's not an easy feat. It's difficult to do something where you can call it a body of work and be proud of that body of work. Yeah. You know, because I remember getting albums back in the day. One single was phenomenal and seven fillers. Or I hope you don't feel that way about mine. No, <laughs> I don't like any of them. That's why you're on the show. I love the album. I told you I love the album. Are you kidding? Okay. Come I'm just, on. I'm just first, just of all, sure. first of all, I wouldn't tell you, ask you if... To, the, I've had this conversation in Clubhouse. Everyone, you need to join Clubhouse. I told you all this. It's a yeah. very important app. I've talked. I brought DJ Sneak on yesterday. We had a hundred people. And I told this to the uh, DJ panel. I said, you as a DJ selector must love what they play in order to be good at the at the craft. You can't right. just put music on that you don't know. You have to believe in the music, and that means believe in the artist. And I believe in DJ Spen and what he does. He knows that because we're, yeah. we're going to do something really big, too. Again, here we go. We have a mm. friend of ours. He has been asked to release this record, okay? I've been waiting to announce this, and I've been waiting to announce everybody. He just signed Michael Proctor's record. Yeah. Okay? And I got he's got it. <laughs> Let him go ahead. This is what quantize is about. And I'm involved yeah. in this. Yes, go sir. And tell them. So, so man, I, I'm I'm so looking forward to this particular record. I mean, it's first of all, it's Michael Proctor. I mean, one of the most phenomenal voices that you will ever hear on yes. on dance records. You know, I mean, and and this is a good record. It's a really, really good one. And I I'm I'm just looking, you know, it's it's one of these things, man, where you know I'm 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 just waiting, just waiting <laughs> to, to get my hands on it and waiting to hear what you're gonna do with it because I'm I'm really excited about it. Really excited. I heard the project and I loved it the minute I heard it, and I said I was friends with him, like I'm friends with Spen as a relationship. I'm friends with his 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 ex-wife Babu out of Switzerland. Yeah. She's the one that Babu Francisca Babu. She's the number one house girl in Switzerland. Where is she? Stand up, Miss Babu. <laughs> he signs the record. She asked me what I thought. I said, no brainer. It's a no brainer. See my answer? It was a no brainer. You don't have yeah. to think. Quantize DJ Spen. Two plus two equals four. Success. Love, excitement, you know, his album. I felt the same when I first got the album. He wanted to come on before I said, no, my people, I want my people to come after it's out. I want you to explain why you did it. You know, let's do it after. And I'm glad I did it this way with you. And I'm yeah. glad you agreed as well, because I want people to be able to get that album now. They leave the show. They're already saying people writing in, they're going, I just bought this song. I just bought this song. I'm like, 
Buy the song. Buy the whole damn album, everybody. Help my man spend. Show him some love. Spread the word. Push the quantized label name. Push it all. His projects are great. Okay? You know, but one thing I want to say is, and this is a question may hurt you, Spen, but this is a question that came to me from fan mail. Okay. Fan mail asked, they says, Quantize puts out too much material now. Mm-hmm. That's what was told to me. I'm not saying this is not Lenny now. Okay. They asked me a question. Can I ask you, mm-hmm. where is there a breaking point for you? Is it, too, you know, it's a lot of material every month, every month. Right. What do you guys do to funnel this? What's the thought process? Well, the the main thing, right? The, the reason, one of the absolute reasons that we started Quantize was that we not only wanted to do our own records, but we wanted to do music that we felt was good. So whether it's from an unknown or, or somebody new, somebody never, never been heard, et cetera, these are the records that we wanted to put out and, and have as a platform for people to come out and listen to. Now, Here's, here's, here's what I'm going to say to people who think we do too much. Don't get upset. You're getting angry. No. Don't get angry. Come on. No. This is true no, no. stories. Don't get I angry. Wanna, no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's not about being upset. It, this is, it, it's a business, right? At the very end of the day, we need to make sure that we are present and accounted for with every single thing that we do. Records only have a two-week shelf life. That's what we know, all right? The two-week shelf, and, and I take it back. Realistically, the average record, Lenny, has a one-week shelf life. One week. Now, that means that you'll take a record, you'll play a record, and then you'll never play that record ever again. Never play it again. So what the thought process is, is to make sure that we always have something in people's ears. Now, if I put out a record by a young dude and the record is a decent record, right? We give it a platform. We put it up there. Now, it, now it's not by Lenny Fontana. It's by Malcolm G, right? Malcolm G now has a platform that his record will go up and people will look at it because we put it on Quantize. Now, is that if if I put out a DJ Spin record and then put out a Malcolm G record, right? Right behind a DJ Spin record. The likelihood is that the Malcolm G record will probably not get as much as as a DJ Spin record, but it's still going to get the same one week that it would have if I didn't put anything else behind it. So the idea is to keep fresh music in a music industry that turns over, 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 over to keep fresh music in people's minds at the forefront of your record buying experience. Because a lot of times what will happen is is that you'll, you'll buy a record and you'll be like, oh, well, this record, okay, wow, it's another record that's on Quantize. Okay, well, right. They put out a lot of records, but the but you see it. It's not like that record is gone under the 
500 or 5,000 other records that would come out in that week. We've literally been blessed to be able to have a positioning where if we put a record out, that it will get seen. So to see an unquantized record with an unknown or to see a quantized record with an unknown name come behind the records that we have is a plus for us, especially as, as business, because here's the thing. There are several, several records, man, that we put out that we didn't necessarily think were going to be big ends up being the biggest thing, bigger than a DJ spin record because we took a chance on putting out a record by an unknown artist. And like I said, we get hundreds of demos in a week. Um, it, uh, um, mm, hundreds of demos, not in a week. I would say hundreds in a month. Yeah, I know right? what you mean. You're getting about 50 to yeah. 75 a week about, right? Right. That 50 right. To 75 a week. So, and a lot of these records are good. It's a means that we can expose people, expose new artists, expose new producers, expose new material. And this is why we do it. Are you willing? And are you has, willing to step out of your box if you find something that's super hot that's not necessarily the quantized sound to release it under that moniker? I don't say that one more time. Are you? If it's something that you said, "Wow, this is very different," but mm -hmm. you know it's hot, are you willing mm -hmm. to a chance to take it on to the label and give it a shot? We do it all the time. Tell the people out there. Tell them to send you that type we of stuff. Do it. We do it all the time. I mean, on Talent Tuesday, pe people know, people see what it is that, that we do. And a lot of times, uh, some of those records don't fit our mold. We'll take some of those records, we'll remix them to, to put them and make them into something that we know our audience will look at and say, okay, that's cool. But their original version will be there. The original version, we always do this. The people's original version is there. And sometimes the original version will trump what we do or deem as, you know, as a remix. But a lot of times, and, and you know, like I said, man, you know, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm really open-minded with reference to a lot of this. But we have had the platform to be able to, to use uh for new and upcoming artists and doing these records as much as we do them is the way that we do it and it's for us it's worked for us it's really it really has been a blessing to be able to do what it is that we do it really oh, has yo you have now sold us on quantize <laughs> <laughs> and get his damn album you hear me you go out there and purchase that album Buy that album. You already bought it. Buy again. Send it to your cousin, your mother, your friends. Did you just say buy it again? Buy it again and again. <laughs> and look, and look, Kelly's in the background saying, "Stop asking for freebies." <laughs> A woman said, "Please, oh. no more pro." Oh, that's another thing. How do we deal with giving away freebies all day? Oh. What do we do? Because I know you've done this. I've gotten yeah. angry about this with you, too. You'll put yeah. up SoundCloud stuff, and I'm like, don't do it. Why? Yeah. Well, don't the, do the, it. I even told you no. Well, 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 when you say, well, okay, well, hold on, hold on. Let's, 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 let, let's talk about the one, please. But you saying put up SoundCloud stuff. Are you talking about the original SoundCloud stuff or, like, 
bootleg SoundCloud. Uh, yeah, the bootleg. Don't, that. don't you do that. Don't give it away. Don't give it away. Don't do it. Um, you know what, Lenny? Um, there have been, you know, like, like, say, you know, like the Shaka Khan thing, man. I did the Shaka Khan um, Live in Me track, right? And, and, and at a point, people were asking me for it so much that I just said, you know what? I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll just give it away. Now, I'm not one. I don't even come from that. I'm like you. I'm like, give away what? We work hard to do this kind of stuff. But um, especially with something like that, man, I, I think that the consumers really do appreciate like when you do something like that and it's just a DJ kind of giveaway thing. They love it. I mean, it's crazy. You know, look, you go on Bandcamp and you see it all the time. If 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 uh, somebody does a Janet Jackson remix and puts some beats under it and does a thing to it, it'll sell better than the person's original material. I don't know why is that. You see what I mean? So I mean, I, I use I I only use SoundCloud in the free capacity. Like if I'm if I've done something and people are like asking me, asking me, asking me. Um, I, I'll I'll just go and just give it away, just because I know people want it, and and people really do the 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 reactions to people getting that you know that 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 free thing that I just did uh, you know or edit or whatever they they're just like yeah but then it's like give me more give me more give me more and I'm like no <laughs> I know you don't agree. importantly less of the less of the questions. We've come to the pandemic. We're living through this. We're roughing it out. We're all living, oh, we're living in our caves in a sense and just living day to day. Are you going to take the vaccination? And do you feel that we'll ever get back to any kind of normality again? Okay, there you go. Compound question. Really? Compound. Compound. <laughs> there ain't no <laughs> way to put All right, well, let's take it two parts. First question. Okay. okay. Are you taking the pandemic? Uh, are you taking the uh, vaccination? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and the reason why um, I have a special needs daughter. All right. Um, relatively nonverbal. And amongst the many things that could happen, um, what I don't want to do is to um, mistakenly or in, in any kind of way, um, bring something home that she gets and she can't tell me what's wrong. Right. Um, that is the big reason why that right there, because I do believe, which is the second reason that traveling will come back for sure. We're going to be going back and doing this whole thing and festivals and stuff. I think it's going to be forever changed. It won't be the same way. I mean, I think we're going to be in, in clubs and festivals with masks on and Yo, social. Get away from me! Get away from me! Get back! Yeah, it's going. It, it's it's going. Problem. First thing we all do is what do we do? We all hug each other. This is like. Yeah, man. It's but and and, and it's and, and it's going to happen. But you know, you looking at the love side of it. Let's look at the flip of that. Let's look at. Uh, okay, I want to drink. I want to get drunk. Um, and heck with it. I want a party. I just want. I want a party. I want a party. And I mean, shoot, an English party or a Japanese party. I mean, they they party. So, and that partying requires 
being together requires that. It, and and that I don't think is is it can be taken away. It can't. Um, which is why I'm really praying that everybody is safe and careful. You know, I know it's a lot of underground parties and stuff going on. And, you know, some states, you know, you still go out and do this kind of stuff. But, you know, the more we do it now, the worse it's going to be or the longer we're going to have issues, I, I think. And, um, yeah, so am I getting the vaccination? Yes. Do I want to get the vaccination? No. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I think in order for me to get on the thing, hell to the no. No. But yeah, yeah. Yo, dude, yeah. they're already asking for the passport QC code in your phone. It's already in America. So it's going to be mm-hmm. getting to the point that we're going to have to travel across that little pond, the ocean, to come on the other side to go and play those great gigs. How are we going to get in those countries if we're not vaccinated? You know? Yeah. We're going to have to be. And, you know, like I said, I mean, I, and, and I have gone through a complete change with that. I think, um, you know, if you asked me the same question in November. No, <laughs> sir. No. But, you know, thinking about it and thinking about it practically, I think, yeah, that it's going to be one of the safest ways to to do it, you know. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, got to do it. All right. On that yeah. note, you heard it from the man himself, DJ Spen. You brother man, the gospel preacher. He <laughs> down from the Baptist church. He went to Catholic school. Catholic. Worked with some of the best. Hung oh. with him for years. It's talented brother. He's got more yeah. to tell us as time goes on. You know, with the great music he's coming with, he's coming probably with another album. You know he's going to yeah. come with an album. He's probably yeah. now already. He's probably got another yeah. arm up his sleeve now. And hit his Tuesday show. That show is the bomb. My friends told me, did you see it? I said, nope. They said, you need to see it. I said, why? Yeah. They said, because it's really interesting to watch them break mm-hmm. down a demo in front of everybody. I'm like, really? So I went and watched. I was like, yeah. yo, this is, you want to call it real? Yeah. Real and, and, and look, and look, I'm gonna put you on the spot here because you know you would be Kelly, don't you think he would be a, a, a good a, a, a good yeah oh, I'm doing it? <laughs> <laughs> what Tuesday? What time on Tuesday? I gotta come on. Um usually we do it from Tuesdays from four story people. Do you want me on there? Yeah, I I'm most people are gonna want you on there. Spin and ask Spin if you really want me on there. If you get that thing, oh, come on. You know, gonna be the answer is gonna be yes yes and more yes so i'm putting you on the spot so i, I, I plan on having you I'll one do, two i'll do it hated it two snaps hated it no of course i'll do it no wait listen all truth all truth be told i've done them at ade wmc i've had sat down and i did actual when you get to the point where i put the headphones on i had young producers and some of these guys that i sat with in canada at the pioneer one Bro, uh, yeah. They record after record now. They thank me every time. Yo, man, you don't know what you like. Check. I was like, all I told him was just do this and do this and do this. And next thing you knew, their records are getting signed all over the place. Exactly, and and that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's it's you know, uh, again, man. Just I am just so thankful that you know we have the platform that we have. I mean, Kelly is is she really is 
It's almost like, you know, my bring Kelly up. Bring Kelly up. Tell Kelly, come on. Come on, girl. People want to know. They want to see you. You want to see you, Kelly? Come on over. Are you presentable? Yeah. Are you sure you're presentable? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we saw you, you and your lovely man going through all the stuff on Tuesdays. We're like so proud of you guys. I watched you dancing on the gospel shows. I was like, go, girl. (laughs) You don't think we don't see it? We're all home. We're like, Mr. and Mrs. Spen rocking it. We're in the party home. Yes. Yes. Congratulations to everything you guys are doing and much, much success to the Quantize label. And you know I'm a big supporter and all the people that True House Stories and what makes us who we are, we all support everything you do. And we give you, we give you everything we can. And thank likewise you. to you, man. I mean, this this is this is really, really thank you, dear, for behind the music uh, and me type of things. Like behind the music is like oh uh, man, I but but no, seriously, you um what you're doing is an awesome, awesome thing that's that's needed, you know, for these stories to be told. Because I I I think that you know, in the grand scheme of things, everything is so fast, 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 fast now that people need to hear the work, the actual work that we've put in to do the stuff, man, that we're able to do at the level that we're doing it. I think that a lot of people and a lot of producers, you know, they come and they go, you know, new producers. And it's like, okay, because it's like you either don't have somebody around who's done it or you just don't understand that, you know, you're going to have ups, you're going to have downs, you know, and, and the real true test of who you are as a producer or anything the real true test of who you are is your longevity as a father as a mother as a as a as, as somebody that works in any industry as, as anything it is longevity is the true true test of it man it's the true test so kudos to you my hat's off to you I pray that you do really, really well with this and that you continue to just make people aware through your laughter and your 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 deep my thought. Canter, my canter. <laughs> I don't want to talk about your canter. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me wait, 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 wait. The one good thing about what we enjoyed about your show was is that uh-huh. you actually understand now the nuts and bolts of what you're going through in the life Mm -hmm. and dealing Mm -hmm. with life's hurdles and the juggling process, because it's all a juggle and what you don't let fall down is what keeps you up. That's the hardest part is to juggle. We all say it is juggling a bit of this, a bit of that and making everything look like it's seamless. So cool. You DJ and, and right and, and I'm not about how it, she's about how it looks. I'm just doing. You yeah, know what I mean? Going through the vote. Yeah, yeah I'm vote just vote. yeah, I'm just doing, but man, seriously, constantly it's like blah, 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 blah. I mean it's it's almost it's everything, man. You know, just just a, a piece. And and the other thing is, and I know you understand this, is that you know, no man is an island. No man is an island. I could not do this by myself. There's so many people, man, from Tommy Davis to Gary Hudgens to Mike Freak to Candace, Kelly. I mean, it's just so many people that help DJ Spin be 
who DJ Spin is. I'm not, you know, I don't even claim DJ Spin anymore. DJ Spin is a brand. Is is a is with with multiple people. <laughs> Spam, we don't even want to know about that, man. I want to hear you. I want to hear you take us out with a hip hop rhyme. Oh, oh I don't have any more. They're all begging me for more. They're saying, get him the rap. Oh. They're like, yo, yeah. he needs to finish out the rap. Like, take no. us out with a rap, boy. Come on now, oh, man. What <laughs> Come on, bring us back. Anymore. Dude, I don't even have if I had my rhyme book in front of me, and I'm I, it's probably not that far, but I'm not making people find that rap book. I made my record out. I made him go run around dude. his house. Go get dude. it. <laughs> no, I got nothing. Go, I got oh, yeah, they're saying, please, God, please let him let him say uh, repeat the rap you did already for everybody. Go ahead. No, I don't want to repeat. Uh, Come all right. On. So I did this. So I did. I, I did this for Spinner for his birthday. Okay, kind of that's good. Let me see if I can clip it. But uh, well, it's the D E J A. Listen as I say a rhyme in the way a professional supposed to lay a funky rhyme on the track for my man Linne as he does his thing today on the True House Story. <laughs> yes, yes, and that. My friends, is a wrap. DJ Spin, you are the man, brother. No, I need some sleep. (laughs) Remember, everybody, subscribe to newsletter. Subscribe to newsletter. Subscribe to newsletter. And and 